This episode of this podcast is making me thirsty is brought to you by Pace Electronics. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. Do us a solid. Check out our YouTube channel. This podcast is making me thirsty. Subscribe. Rate and review us on iTunes. If you dig it, please pass it on. Check out our website, SeinfeldPodcast.com. Email us at this podcast is making me thirsty at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at this thirsty. Follow us on Instagram at this thirsty. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. This podcast is making me thirsty. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This episode 124. Today's guest won a daytime Emmy award for her role as Amanda Wainwright in the inspectors. You know, her from all your favorite TV shows and movies, including bright lights, big city, Northern exposure, hope and Gloria, Caddyshack Two, monk. And of course she played Naomi in two season four Seinfeld episodes, the watch and the bubble boy. Please welcome Jessica Lundy. Jessica, thanks for joining. <laughs> we get that out of the way yeah we were we were gonna get to that oh man this oh, is sorry, uh, i spoiled everything. i just yeah. can't get over i'm i'm 124 or 125 wow. yeah we've uh that we've spoken to, to many many guest stars writers you name it it's been a it's been a wild ride trying to chronicle this great show and clearly you're a you're a big part of it and jessica lundy joins us tonight um a Jersey girl, we just found out. It's always good to hear. Um, yeah, my formative years. Formative years. I years. Remember, but they were incredibly influential. So take us back. Believe it or not, it's been 30 years since The Watch and The Bubble Boy. You were part of just an incredible run of episodes there. But, yeah, so take us back. I mean, September 92. What do you remember? What, what Was there an audition process? How, how'd the role of Naomi uh, come about with that iconic laugh that you kind of just did? Um, you know what? It's funny. It was just on uh, Comedy Central last night, so it was a great refresher. Um, but I'm, I really don't have the greatest memory, but I do remember so many things about uh, that experience because it meant so much. Um, I was new in Los Angeles. I had uh, gone to school at NYU and been in the city for a few years and gotten some jobs there. But this was really my first year or two in Los Angeles. And I had done a pilot that I was very excited about um, called Over My Dead Body with Edward Woodward, the actor who played the Equalizer. And it was a great experience. And I thought, this is it. You know, I'm in, I made it. Uh, got a pilot and it was canceled after 13 episodes. Um, so I was back on the circuit looking for work. And I think this is one of the first guest roles that I went out for. And I do remember, I think some of your other guests talked about it being in a big conference room and reading for Larry, David and the other producers. And I'm not sure if it was there or after I got the job, but I remember auditioning several laughs. Um, I knew it was a good sign, I guess, that they wanted to hear some. And I remember the minute um, ah, came out, it was like, yeah, that's it. 
And uh, I guess that's what sealed the deal. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we were curious if they had you audition to laugh. That's great that you... Yeah, uh, I don't yeah. remember the others, but that that seemed to appeal to Larry David right away. Right, right. And it really is the Woody Woodpecker song now that I that I've seen it again and, and um, you know, in the reruns, I'm, it really, when he does that, when Jerry does, it was perfect. Yeah. So I yeah, wonder if really... that's what they had in mind, but uh, I'm glad it worked. I'm glad something worked. Oh, it's great. Um, you know, it's, we, we were doing a little bit of research beforehand. Is it true that you also auditioned for Elaine at one point for on Seinfeld? Is that true or no? No. We, we read that. I just wanted to clarify if it was yeah. true or not. Yeah. No. No, I don't think. Number one, that's it. Just makes me laugh to think anybody else could be Elaine. Yeah, in yeah. But um, and yeah, I guess I'm sure they did have auditions. But no, I don't think I was a big enough deal at that time. You know um, what I mean? Yeah. I hadn't done the show that I did was it was like a comedy drama. So I don't know that. No, I I I, ha- I didn't. But I'm so glad that uh, it was Julia. Because really, I watch that. It's still, like you said, this is really one of the funniest shows on TV still to this day. Couldn't couldn't agree more, and especially season four, which you were a part of. So just like, going back to the um, the audition process a little bit, we were talking about that famous laugh. Like, did they give you any direction? Obviously, they you know we we they re- reference Elmer Fudd and stuff later, but like. What did they say about the laugh? Like, what kind of laughs were you trying out? Or did they have that Elmer Fudd in mind? Do you remember anything about that? Now, I wish I wish I could remember more clearly what I did. Because it certainly felt like it was under pressure. And I guess you're right. Maybe I took the cue from Elmer Fudd sitting on a juicer. <laughs> um, because that, that really is the inspiration there. And yeah. uh, I don't know. I probably tried... I don't know. It was something about the machine gun delivery about that. And I just know there was a, a vast array. And I remember being a little nervous, like I wasn't hitting it. But um, yeah, I wish I could be more specific. But no, yeah. um, I can't believe when you say the number, it just. <laughs> no, it's great because um, like like we mentioned, I mean, this was season four, right? So um, for us, the show was already hitting its yeah. its, its cylinders, right? Uh, oh, but for, okay. for America, it might have not been like peak, peak yet uh, as far as ratings go. Um, we think, you know, four is amazing and obviously still had some pull. But I'm curious what it was like on set, the vibe as far as, um, you know, Bubble Boy became an instant classic, obviously, um, and the watch right, right before it. But were, were you getting a sense on set that they knew they had something here as far as a hit? Like, was that already there or was it more like, um, you know, they were kind of still like finding their way, that sort of thing? I mean, what did you, did you get the sense like they like especially Larry David, I'm assuming because he wrote both your episodes and obviously the showrunner. I mean, what was it like as far as him kind of steering the ship? if you will. Um, I think they knew that, uh, I mean, by then, I remember being very nervous going in for it because everybody was talking about it. And the, I remember the atmosphere. It was a great set. I mean, as a guest star, sometimes you come in and I have heard your other guests talk about this. It can be very intimidating to walk into a place where um, it looks like, you know, it's a family. And this show very much was, 
just easy and uh, great atmosphere and, and a lot of joking around. But obviously they were very comfortable with each other. So to walk into that sometimes can be daunting, but they were all just so warm and not every set is like that where in, I mean, I think everybody down the line, but especially I have to say Jason Alexander, what a mensch. Like I said, I'm new in town. I am very nervous. I'm from New York. So we bonded over that. And I really felt like being the new kid in um, in school. Where do you eat lunch? What do you do? He had lunch with me at that. I think there was a cafeteria right next door. The lot is in the valley. It's where they used to shoot uh, Mary Tyler Moore. And I think Roseanne was shooting there close to that time. And I, it just, it was kind of like being, um, you know, in a, a fairy tale, even though, you know, of course I, I was there to work and everything. Just the whole atmosphere though was really exciting. And like I said, a little overwhelming. And he was just the kindest guy, even here's, here's too much information. Um, I remember my stomach was upset because that's where my anxiety goes. And I didn't have a doctor in town yet. He gave me the name of his, um, his internist, his, you know, GP. And he said, I mean, what, a, who does that? That it, it was just two Jews sitting around talking about ailment, <laughs> even, you know, in our, um, I was pretty young. Yeah. But, well, you know, listen, Jason Alexander's from New Jersey. So, you know, us, us Jersey guys, that's what we do. We but yeah. And that guy was my doctor for years. And I just thought, he in particular, and but everybody, I mean, from cast and crew, and um, even Michael Kramer, I, Michael Kramer, Michael Kramer. oh my God, see, <laughs> for Michael Richards, I remember in the Bubble Boy episode, working with him quite a bit because we went to the cabin together, and I remember spending a lot of time with him in, and I kept thinking, why was I thinking I was in a car? We were just sitting around in a car, but we yeah, did. Yeah, you were, yeah, you were driving that car, yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking, he's such an interesting person, so different from the kinetic kind of manic Kramer energy. He was much more philosophical, really zen. And I thought, I don't know if I understand everything he's saying, but I love listening to him talk. And he was just so, such good company and so nice to be around. So I have to say, they made that experience so fantastic. And yes, you could tell, you could feel that you were on a very successful show and they really knew what they wanted. And Larry was definitely around the whole time kind of leading it. He and Jerry shared that responsibility. And I knew afterward when the show aired that season, I don't think anything I've done since would get me that much attention to be recognized. Uh, knowing me from that, sometimes you know, in, in a store or a restaurant, just hearing my voice or either, especially when the show had come out fairly recently, it was incredible being on a show in the, you know, in the top 10 like that. And you're right at the beginning, that first year was not an audience hit, you know? So, and I remember hearing, I think you guys have talked about it too, how that there wasn't an automatic pickup. And no, thank God they thank God they stuck with it. And, you know, listen, 30 years ago, but I got to say, Jessica, you haven't aged a bit. You look great. And that's probably why you're getting recognized so much. But 
Uh, you know, I, you're very kind. You're just saying that because you had the pea girl on before me. Not at all. Right. The girl who ate her peas. Yeah. But hey, so what did you know? So you're in two episodes. Did you know going in you were going to be in two or did you just sign up for one? What do you remember about kind of that? I think I, I believe I just signed up for one. And when it, uh, I found out it was a two parter. It was so exciting. And I'll never forget. I mean, I never wanted to leave. That's a show you just don't ever want to, to say goodbye to. Um, but I remember my agent being so excited because he said, now we're going to say you're recurring. And I said, wait a second. It's a two. Can we really say that? He goes, yeah. So I thought, okay, if he says we can say it. So I, he put that out there for a while and I thought it feels like false advertising, but Hey, I'm new. So. Yeah. And it's funny. We were talking about it before, right before you joined us about how um, there really, you really should be on another episode, right? Cause we never really see what happens there. I mean, you're there with Mike, you were there with Kramer, right? He seemed to be kind of moving in on Jerry's territory. We were always kind of worried about that too. He drives you down to the lake house. You guys go swimming together, right? You seem like you're having fun with the towels. And then Jerry's like, what are you guys doing here? And then the episode ends we never find out what happens there, right? So I, I, we wanted you one more episode. It would have been great. If you, that's you really, you that's a good time. point. I, I wish I had asked back then. But I'm was the Cheever Letters the next one? Did we find out right away about the cabin burning down? Yeah, Cheever's was the next episode, yep. Okay, so I guess they felt, and rightfully so, I can see that that was the main thrust of it. That's the, yeah, the Cheever that's Letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carry yeah. Out. I wish I know. Listen, Kramer did not have a lot of long-term relationships. Yeah, that's true. I think it would have been, and you know what? I guess it would have looked a little uh, wrong to if go. Kramer from, came in. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what we were kind of talking. Yeah, it's funny. That's not what. Right. Yeah. He's loyal to Jerry. Oh, yeah, you don't do that. You don't move on, even if the. I'm sure that oh that could have been a whole episode too. Yeah, it could have been yeah. like a little twist. Yeah, but I don't but, know the chem- the chemistry with you guys in the car. I know you, you, the towel snapping. You guys should be having some fun. I, <laughs> yes, you know what? I, and I remember just being amazed though what he did with that fishing rod. Oh and yeah, <laughs> everything he does. The thing that I love still watching now is how spontaneous he makes everything look. But no, he really worked on all those details from coming into the window to how he was working with the, the fishing rod. Um, just a master physical comedian. Just earlier today, uh, I really am so grateful for Comedy Central having them on. Yeah, because, yeah. You know what I mean? I For background noise, I don't like music. I cannot handle the news anymore. To have Seinfeld on is such a treat. And to watch him it, when he was um, the Calvin Klein modeling, yeah. <laughs> so it's it it sounds like you know. Listen, you worked with a lot of them. You dealt with a lot of them. It sounds like you have a um a favorite. I'm not favoritism, but it sounds like you have a good kinship with Michael Richards. I mean, um, we actually spoke with his kind of longtime girlfriend, Ann Tallman. She was probably might have been on set during that time as well. And you know, she raves about him how he's you know kind of misunderstood and just such a such a professional, but. I guess what what did you learn? You were so young on this show. Like, what did you take away? You know, with being with these professionals that you kind of took on, and obviously you've had an incredible career. But um, what did you take from that early on experience with Seinfeld and kind of used throughout your career? Um, you know, I have to say the thing 
professionally, as far as, um, you know, the, the work itself, I would say it really made me want to do multi-camera half hour live in front of an audience work because to watch how it really is like doing a play. And I came from New York and I had done a lot of theater, but as far as it was the closest thing to that. And I worked, um, I did some, uh, like sketch shows and, and character comedy. And I really loved the way that they worked every day and honing the jokes and, and any kind of physical bits. And they really, it was, it was just such a master class in watching how to, you start off with something great because all the writing was good. I mean, that's, that's what every show is based on is having good writing. And the fact that they made it even better and they adapted. And by the time it got in front of an audience, it was so solid. And it got even better than with the response, because there really is nothing like that uh, working in front of an audience. So it it made me want to focus on, on doing that. And I just you don't realize that it's like lightning in a bottle. It's so hard to find a show, uh, number one, of that quality. And that lasts. I mean, like you said, back then, at least they gave things a chance, like with Cheers and Seinfeld if they had gone by the ratings of the first four, the first six, neither of those shows to like the way they do now might've lasted. So the fact, I mean, it's, it's really hard to find, but I think that it kind of, it, it, the work ethic and, and how to, to um, improve things uh, and, and speak up if you have suggestions. I mean, it was, that was so great to watch. And I tried to take that away. And also the thing that, also was important I learned is that if you're lucky enough to be a regular on a show, treat everybody with that comes in as they're a guest in your home and be kind and respectful and inclusive because they were, and it made such a difference. It makes uh, you as a newcomer feel like you can give a better performance and you, and, and get rid of some of that tension and relax and, and really be part of the, the, the gang, the family. So yeah, I learned a lot. Like obviously, <laughs> can't shut up about it. Yeah, I mean it's incredible too, and and the fact that um, you know you got to spend like you said so much time on the set and in two episodes. Um, you know we just spent a lot of time in the Bubble Boy, but you, you know your first scene in in the Watch. You know when they're all eating dinner together. So many so many guest stars, right? You, you Liz Sheridan, Barney Martin, Len uh, Lesser, Uncle Leo. I mean, one one of the best. Whenever Uncle Leo's involved, we love it, and, and the parents. Um, you know, just just what do you remember about you know working with those the, those kind of next older generation of, of talent on that show that they kind of embrace? We've heard we've heard some great stories about Uncle Leo from, from other guest stars, and just you know you were in that 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 great opening scene at the restaurant. Just curious if you have anything to take yeah, away from those so, guys too. I'm so glad you brought that up because. Um, just watching it recently. And I remember standing there over in the back, you know, uh, as the hostess and just, it, it was very difficult not to laugh watching them. Uh, uh, the, the Seinfelds and Uncle Leo, I think are just some of the greatest supporting characters ever. And I have to say, I was so um, uh comforted and I felt so proud that Liz Sheridan was so forceful in her defense of me being beautiful because I didn't feel beautiful. My hair looked really weird and, and and I don't, it was just, I had a lot of it and I had this big swooping thing going on that was kind of like 
Barbara Streisand meets Baywatch. I don't know. It was just really not flattering. And I, but when she was uh, trying to press the case that I was beautiful, I should drop dead if she's not beautiful. And then um, <laughs> she was like, yeah, she's pretty. Uncle Liv, she's okay. <laughs> it just, it was, I, I really, I could have watched them forever. Just, they're so perfect. And I, I love the bit of trivia that, um, Barney Martin wasn't the first father, and yet it's so impossible to imagine him not being the dad. How perfect! Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's both Jerry Stiller wasn't the first father either, but they they got it right. Um, they corrected course, so yeah. I didn't wait. Now that you got me on that one, I I knew uh, the there was a different actor as Jerry's dad in the first in like one or two, but th was there another Frank that yeah. I didn't see? Yeah, the original Frank. Uh, I'm trying. It was in the uh, handicap. Christmas Vacation. That's all. I, 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 I remember him. He's the the dad in Christmas Vacation. Oh, John yeah. Randolph. That's it. Yeah, John Randolph oh, was okay. the original. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's not handicap. You might not yeah. find it because it's not in syndication, right, Ohio? I think. It's, yeah, so they don't show it. You'd have to get the old DVD. Larry David reshot when they got. They went back and actually reshot the scene. They never aired it. They never. They for syndication they they changed it for syndication purposely. Larry David went back and reshot the whole scene when they were ready to go to syndication, so it would stay true. So in all syndication, you don't see him. Well, yeah, okay. you, I you, bow to you guys. Yeah. I love you, you everything. You, I you can check it out on YouTube. They actually sure do it's on YouTube. Yeah, oh, I or, will. I DVD will. box set as well. I believe has it. But uh, yeah, that dinner scene. I mean, there's something about that like mother son dynamic, right? Like. <laughs> Well, what I love about it was the first time, like, I know in so many of them, you're a wonderful boy. Everybody should like you. You know what I mean? Right. That's her energy is so, <laughs> you know, adoring of him. And I love that it was, I, you know, of course, you take it personally, over me. She's confronting Jerry. <laughs> it, was, it's, it was just an honor. It was an honor and a privilege to have that role. And I have to say about the hair, again, I don't know what went on behind the scenes. But when I came back for Bubble Boy the second time, if you'll notice, I never said anything. I thought, well, whatever they want. I'm not going to, you know, it's not my, I guess I could have said something, but, eh, no, you know, I'm happy with whatever they want to do. Somebody must have given them a note. Because if you notice, I had a big thing of curly hair. Yeah. Uh, and what I realize now looking at it, I got the Elaine. <laughs> The plaid dress. Yeah, the little plaid dress. The little plaid oh, dress. That jumper. That was very sexy school girl yeah. jumper, wasn't that? I it's so funny you forget. I forget, and I remember not feeling like I would. I, I was. I would have watched Naked Gun right there with you. You know, yeah. Jerry turned you down. That's all you want. Um, and yeah, I love the line in the um, referencing. I had my eye on Uncle Leo. Like that's always so memorable to me that you kind of you chimed in there with that. Was there anything? You know, these are written by Larry David. What do you remember about Larry David kind of on the set and like how, how pro like we know what Larry David's become, but what do you remember as a young actress about Larry David kind of on the set changing lines? Did he have like a lot of input with things you were doing? What, what do you recall? I, I remember him being, yes, very, uh, uh, in charge of things. And I believe you're right. He did direct those. So, uh, but you know, oh wait, no, Tom Sharonis directed. Yeah, Sharonis probably directed, but Larry David wrote both your episodes. Larry Charles yeah, and Larry I, David I, wrote the Bubble I Boy. Remember, um, he's a really lovely man, really very calm. Sharonis? Uh, uh, Tom. 
So, yeah, yeah, we're big fans of him. Yeah, yeah he was so wonderful. Uh, and and but I remember, I and I think it makes you feel like they got uh, used to a process because I know Larry was involved and would jump in and change things. And he and Jerry were, if I remember correctly, were really in sync with most things and a lot of back and forth. Uh, but he was very active. You're right. In, in a way, it almost. I wouldn't say he co-directed because he he wasn't. I don't ever recall him, you know, pushing Tom out of the way. But they they just had a really nice rhythm and uh, a way of working together. Yeah, we've heard we've heard that it's it's almost like seamless. But like Larry was a showrunner, so he's there. He wrote that you know he, he's kind of running it, but but it didn't get step on Schroeder's toes as far as directing goes, which is no. uh, I guess good and to hear. Yeah. Energy too. It really they complemented each other. I just remember Tom being very gentle, kind, mellow. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's funny that 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 scene when you uh, you know when George leaves that message on on the answer machine about the laugh, and then Jerry you know rips it out of the wall, and he's like, you know, the, the juicer it extracts the vitamins. You know, you're you're already out the door. But I mean, you know, how much fun was that? We didn't really talk about Jerry too much. I mean, you did you did talk about Michael Richards a lot and Jason Alexander. But you know, what was it like bouncing those those scenes off with Jerry, where um, you know, you went from you know having a great time to I'm out the door. Just that kind of twist is always funny, and just kind of working with him. Um, you know, season four, he was just getting his legs under him. I would say acting wise, he wasn't as as rough as it was at the beginning. Um, he was just kind of maybe getting it, and uh, I was curious. How, how it was working with him uh, on those scenes? I think I, if I think I was probably intimidated most by him because of his stature with the show and and in the business. But I have to say, yeah, he was very unassuming, very relaxed. Um, I agree with you. I think that season in particular, um, he seemed very comfortable, and especially in those kind of runs where he goes on like that. Um, I can almost hear, I almost an early one. Remember, bulls, bears, high finance. So we're talking people about from Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. People yeah, from yeah. bulls, bears. Yeah. People from Connecticut. It's <laughs> a great line. You're pulling season two. That's a great reference right there. That's uh, that's actually season one, right? The stakeout. Is it was. It was. Yeah, and that was when yeah. that was when it was very new, and you could feel like you said to get your legs under you. Um, it takes. I mean, at least that season to get comfortable, and if. Considering that he had never done that type of uh, acting before, I mean, by the time season four rolled around, he seemed really comfortable, really enjoying himself. So that kind of once we started working, once you get over the, um, you know, the feeling of being kind of in awe of being there, once we got working, it was really fun. So it was fun just to react to his reaction. And and to let all of that build up before walking out. But I do remember um, the, the playback of Jason's voice was so great because, again, just to be able to relax, to react to that statement, Elmer Fudd sitting on a juicer. The, yeah, it, it's, it, it kind of happens by itself. Yeah, and, and Jerry's panic too. It, it, it's so great. The other thing I love so much watching it, when he does things like that is when he's trying not to laugh. I gotta think that especially people working opposite him, 
I know it happened with Michael Richards so much and with all of them, but watching him trying to keep it together is so, I, I, to me, that's one of the best parts of the show. Yeah. I mean, and for you to keep it together when he was doing the little like, yeah, waxly wabbit, whatever he was doing, like, I mean, <laughs> my like, God. Like, it was a perfect imitation. It, yeah. So, I mean, wow. So it's, it's interesting The watch, you know, at least season four is just like, down the line, incredible. The watch sometimes get overlooked, but the bubble boy is, you know. So when did you, I guess, back to like, how did you know? Like, when did you find out, all right, I'm doing the watch? Did, did they take the bubble boy right away the week after? Was it like, or did you have to wait a while? I'm just curious, kind of the timing and like, kind of what your expectations were with your agent and all that stuff. What, what do you remember about that? I don't. It was only, it was only 30 years ago, Jessica. No, I feel awful. And I feel like somebody... <laughs> Is, is involved in the show is going to be watching this and say, how dare she get there? So I'm afraid to, to, to act like I know what I'm talking about, but I don't remember. Yeah. It's interesting too, you because know, the, Peter Melman, you guys talked to Peter quite a bit. Yeah. We'll yeah. Talk we have talked to him a couple yeah, of times. Were, so you were on, uh, you were like what you know, uh, yes, like, you know, I, right. I was so happy to see he, I remember walking, we both lived in the same area and I remember bumping into him every once in a while. And it was always so good to see him. And when that show came up, I was so happy to be able to do that to see. And I noticed he used a lot of um, yeah actors, AJ Langer from the the mentee. Yeah, um, you um, you know your Seinfeld. Oh, you yeah, know, you really do. I, I watch episodes and I get such a a rush seeing people as guests that I've worked with. Like, remember. <laughs> Remember James, the wake-up call guy with the, uh, Elaine's feet in his face? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Ryan McNamara, we did one of the first movies I ever did, Caddyshack 2, together. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Philip's brother, yeah. He was a rich kid and I was a poor kid. Um, uh, Megan Fay, the teacher uh, at the uh, middle school career day that Jerry uh, gets bumped for the... Oh, and he used to walk like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Jan Karam from The Switch. Uh, with the yeah, movie. we had her on. Yeah, we, we talked to Jan. Yeah, we the talked to Jan. Them, we were in the ensemble with uh, Richard Kind and a few other people for don't know, a reboot of the Carol Burnett variety show. Oh, wow. wow. Small world, but it's all connected to Jerry. It's, uh, I did an episode of uh, uh, Castle with Jessica Tuck, who played dra draped in velvet. She uh, George goes out with her, and he loves her furniture, uh, but she has a male roommate. Yeah. Takes all the furniture. Yale graduate, I believe, Jessica yeah. Tuck. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. See, I could go on. It's, it's, like, it's like the Kevin Bacon game. That's yeah. Like, yeah. I try to see who I know, who I've worked with. It's well, unbelievable. Yeah, it's interesting. Right, right behind uh, Chris's shoulder there, my, my co-host, right behind his shoulder, that's Jay McInerney's TV Guide cover. Jay McInerney of Bright Lights, Big City, which was your was that your first movie? That was no, my absolute first professional job. I was still in college, I think, and I worked with Kiefer Sutherland, um, Michael, Michael J. Fox, and Kelly Lynch. Yeah, we we talked to Jay. He was one of our first guests because of that uh, that TV Guide episode. The TV Guide. Uh, oh, kidding! I I'm trying to think. That was I guess at the beginning of his huge fame. From that yeah, it was, I think it was his first. Yeah, I think it was the first. Uh, and a little you know, a little wrinkle, Jay McInerney. Yeah, who who wrote that article and wrote Bright Lights, Big City. He claims that he came up with the hipster doofus line that uh, 
were, were, you know, refers to Kramer. He said he he mentioned that to Larry David at a party. Who knows if we'll ever get to the bottom of it, but uh, only Larry David. <laughs> That's you know what? It's very impressive. It's a great line. I, I if it's hard to believe he wouldn't be telling you the truth on that. Yeah. Well, so you know, you you sound like a really great fan. I love we love to kind of hear from fans. Like obviously the Bubble Boy, we have that in our I believe our top ten or at least top twenty. What what are some of your favorite episodes throughout the years? Or do you lean toward? Sounds like you're leaning towards the early years, um, kind of the Melman stuff. But uh, would love your like. That's so nice. Like your five favorite episodes. Well, if you shot them off, okay. not including your own. Okay, that's good because I, I think those. Are, <laughs> I'm glad that's out. Um, my sister and I talk about this quite a bit. She's also a super fan, and um, I, I, we we both are huge fan of the Keith Hernandez episodes. The, the come on the second there yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, where, where Jerry uh, talks about you meet this really great guy he's a baseball player <laughs> I'm jealous of everybody I mean uh, that that those two together if we can count them as one oh my God. see uh, it's too now you're getting me nervous I'm gonna forget Jimmy. Jimmy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. How do you not love and Kramer? We were wondering if that could be shot today with Kramer. We had Anthony Stark on. He was actually our first uh, our first guest star yeah, from the show. Yeah. Met Jimmy. Yeah. What? He's fantastic. Great guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's interesting you bring that up. But I know there's a lot of like controversy on the show, but you know we've had uh, Winona on, who Kim Guerrero, who you know the the, the cigar store Indian. You know, listen. She knew it was done tastefully, and like she, th- there was just the utmost respect from the writers to kind of the subject, and I think that's what made it work, and that's why it's still funny. Could it be done today? Yeah, right. Who knows? But I mean, I, you know what? I take it back. I mean, people are pushing the envelope all the time, and like you said, when you watch it today, it still feels like it's not done in a, a mean spirited way, and it's true to the characters. Maybe the choice people wouldn't tend to to touch it because they don't, you know, want any controversy. But I think they handled everything great. The um, oh, Paula's episode. I've worked with Paula Marshall, uh, Sharon. Uh, not that there's yeah. anything wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We just had her on. She just, she, we just She's had, we just spoke guest. with her. She's great. I think we did a show called Cupid um, in Chicago together. She that that's a great episode. I mean, that's that's a classic. And sure. um, that's another season four that you were in. Yep. I, I keep picking season four. Don't I? I think that, I think that look, they're all great and I would watch them from beginning to end, but I agree that the first season was getting their legs and it's those, that middle chunk that I find right. that I enjoy them most. Like one of the greatest guest stars. I'm not sure that I would put in the episodes, but Bookman detective Bookman. Yeah. Yeah, Phil Bigger Hall. Yeah, That's, watching Jerry watch him was is a whole other show too. Um, yeah, you're 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 uh, you're you're speaking uh, you're speaking to us here. You, this I thought, is- listen, if you guys ever need like a Robin Quivers, yes, <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm here for you. Hey, as long as you think we're stern, we 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 appreciate that. I do, <laughs> and, and I believe me, I grew up on that too. Yeah, the, of course. The, the, the pre-Beth year, sorry. That's, you know. Yeah, the when, when, when he was funny, exactly. Why are my people? K-Rock, right? 92.3. Yes, yes, yes. Of course. Um, 
Yeah, he was, he was, well, you know, that, yeah, that was it. I mean, and again, like early nineties. Yeah. Like, I mean, that was our peak of, I think, comedy with Stern on the radio in the morning. You had Seinfeld at night. You had Saturday Night Live, I think at its peak with like Farley, Dana Carvey, Hartman, uh, Spade, Hartman. Yeah. Those guys. So for us, that that's kind of the, the golden era of, of comedy. Any way you shake it from, you know, uh, movies to television to, to Howard Stern for sure. That's such a good point. You're right. That those were the, the 91, 92 to yeah. like 90. 30 years ago. Oh. <laughs> and some things still stand up to the test of time. The bubble boy certainly does. I'll tell you that. Thank you. I think so too. I think the whole show does. Like I said, I'm, I'm not only a participant, but I'm a fan. So like you said, you've been in a million things since you've worked with, Obviously, you know, all these different types of people, Michael J. Fox. I, I mean, but it sounds like you get most recognized from Seinfeld still to this day. I you know what? I I think so. And I think, again, like I said, that power of a top 10 show, you know, you find some people that will, will catch, um, you know, other things that are a little bit more obscure. That thing, the the inspectors that was that I did recently, that. Yeah, for certain, but a, but a much smaller. Oh my god, a much smaller audience. Uh, but I would say Seinfeld, absolutely. And the weirdest thing is that sometimes it's because you know we all we all change over time. But it's the voice they recognize the voice, and I and that's even without the laugh. So I find that it is a little distressing too. Even around the house, if the episode comes on and I'm not aware of it, I think. Somebody sounds familiar and it's me. So it's, I guess that's how we identify people, especially if you're big TV watchers. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that laugh will, will forever live on. It was just incredible. And it was great to hear that you kind of had to test that out during the, uh, during the audition process, which is interesting. And, but again, it is, I wish, I mean, if I was a better liar, I would make up the other things I did. I just don't remember what I tried out, but Whatever it was, it was such a clear winner. You know what I mean? It wasn't like between this or that. And now that you mention it, I I think the Elmer Fudd sitting on a juicer line may have come later after the laugh. Yeah, that's that, that. I could see that. I mean, Larry just throwing lines out, warning either Larry David or Larry Charles, maybe trying yeah. to see what sticks. They, you're right. I think it was like weird laugh. It was like we knew it would be a weird laugh. We didn't know what. And then I think as the the week evolved. You know, they write from the that Monday to the I think it was Monday to Friday. I think by the end, that's that was the winner. That's what they felt was the the, the funniest. Yeah. And, and you know, it's interesting too. your the 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 watch um, is actually sort of a two part episode. Right. The wallet comes before it and they actually aired on the same day when they aired live. But curious if it. Was the shooting different? Like you weren't on set for the other episode shot too, because they, they they aired the same time. I don't know if they shot them as one hour long episode or if they shot them as two different ones. Do you remember anything about that? Because they, they air as one. Yeah, the Wild and the Watch. Yeah, no, he definitely wasn't around for that because I—that's another great episode. That yeah, yeah, yeah. My wallet, my, my, my wallet, my wallet. I mean, yeah, and the Velcro. Uh, uh. Yeah, and the, <laughs> yes, that was a no. I wasn't around for any of that. And I believe were you, were, yeah. you on, were you on? So, I mean, the watch was, you know, it had um, Bob Balaban, Russell Dowrymple in that episode. Were yes, you on I was, I was as crazy Joe Devola? Like, 
because there was when you were giving out your number to Jerry, Elaine was giving out her number to Crazy Joe kind of at the same time. If you recall that episode, oh, I never do this type of thing. And Elaine gave Crazy Joe her number and then they flash right to you at the restaurant where he does the fish joke um, and you're giving out your number. Did you have any interaction with those guys, Davola and uh, Russell? I no, I never saw Russell. And I don't think I met, is it Peter Crombie, right? Yeah, Peter Crombie. I knew, and I think I asked somebody, I knew some people who had worked at MTV, and I said, Joe Devola isn't, he was an executive at MTV, and they did that a lot. (laughs) Yeah, they did do a lot. Lawyer uh, for something early on, an entertainment lawyer, and it was Lloyd Braun, who was also, you know, in the mental institution with the gum. Uh, Yep. So they used uh, Gavin Pallone was uh, Larry's manager, I think, at the time. And he was the one who had Farfel, the dog that Jerry had to take care of. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and even I believe the bubble boy, the voice of the bubble boy, right, was a writer. It was Heyman. Yeah, yeah John Heyman. If you haven't they- talked to him, you must. He is one of the greatest people. And, and we kept in touch over the years. We're both big Yankee fans. Oh, so- nice. We bonded over that and we would complain and, and talk about that quite a bit. And uh, I, yeah. just the, one of the greatest guys and great voice. I love that they just use some of this guy's and voice. His name too. Remember? Yeah. His yeah. 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 Uh, he was good. John Heyman as the coach. Yeah. Yeah. That's yes. why he brought, but his voice on the bubble boy is just, just amazing. <laughs> How about taking your top off and just, uh, you know, you're expecting this little kid to be in a bubble. They just use his grump, grumpy old man voice. It's, it's just an incredible choice. It's so, so Larry David and Larry Charles asked to just, you know, throw that voice in there. It's amazing. Uh, Brian Daryl Murray too is in that episode. I'm not sure if you had any, spent any yes. time with him. Um, I think I briefly saw him. I don't remember talking to him much, but yes, he was so perfect as as Bubble Dad. Um, and I did a, a pilot later with his brother Joel Murray. So I, I remember bringing that up uh, that that I had met. Yeah, there's there's so many crazy connections. So and many talented Murrays. In the world. The, yeah, and like Pat Finn, who we had on the show, was Joe Mayo. He's great friends with all the Murrays, and like that, the Chicago kind of connection is is unique. So it's funny you mentioned the Hernandez episode. We're Yankee fans as well. Yes. What um? Oh. So you I must have... love the the Paul O'Neill, Buck Showalter, Danny Tarbell episodes as yes. well. That's the that's another great one. Uh, and I thought of all of them, um, uh, O'Neill was the best. So natural, so relaxed. His scene with uh, Kramer was great. Kramer yeah. relaxes everybody. So yeah, I think know? it's I think it's Michael Richards. That's yeah, it. you know what? The other guys like Danny Tarble was okay. I think Jeter yeah. was on briefly, wasn't he? And he was very stiff. yeah. Him and Bernie. Hey, yeah. Bernie, was on, yes. But it was I loved that they used that. I the Stein the whole Steinbrenner thing was uh, with Larry's voice was also perfect. Um, but I have to ask: Did you guys ever talk to Wayne Knight? Not yet. Was oh, I hope I hope that happens because not not I don't think in that episode, and I don't know that I met him on that set, but we did um, a show. It was on for like a season called the Second Half, where he was a uh, another stand-up, a John Mendoza um, was a sports writer, and I think Wayne was his editor, and I was his sister. So I was lucky enough to work with what I mean. Look, Newman is iconic, but Wayne is just just a, a spectacular person. 
Yeah, he's he's incredible, and he's been in. It's just been in some amazing movies. Oh, the the yogurt shows. episode. I don't. We can't forget the yogurt episode. Oh, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, the Lloyd Braun name tags. I mean, forget about it. Oh, the Giuliani's in that. That's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Lloyd Braun was Dinkins, uh, you know, Dinkins guy. Well, they, you know, yeah, they filmed two different endings to that. If you're, and actually, the fun fact is, um, Jackie Childs, uh, actually, Phil Morris taped. He was supposed to be Dinkins, uh, like new assistant, and he was gonna like. He was going to do the ending that Giuliani did. They taped two different versions, but Giuliani obviously won the election, and that's what got aired. So, no kidding, yeah. you guys really do know everything. Well, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm so impressed. But luckily, we have a Robin with us. So here we go. Yes, that's right. I, I'll, 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 I'm going to work now harder. So, um, what, what are you up to these days? We'd love to hear kind of what you're working on, um, what you got planned. We'd love to hear what you're up to, anything you want to promote. We'd love to hear. Oh, I wish. No, I've um, mainly been uh, writing with a, a partner for uh, the last show that I did. We started working together. So, we've, you know, we've got a few things out there. Hopefully something will work. But we mainly stick toward comedy because... It's shorter and um, it's more fun to write. And uh, uh, so that that's like a whole different way that I, I can see going, hopefully, if uh, if things work out. And um, for the most part, just auditioning. It's a whole new world. I think uh, I've heard some people talk about it with you about um, self-tape, you know, the whole world of self. You don't go anywhere anymore which is really difficult because it, it's, it was always nice to be able to interact with people and to get feedback and to, especially if you're trying to do something that's funny to get some kind of reaction um, and also some direction. So it's just a different world now. Um, yeah. It's gotta be hard to not else. be able to connect uh, in the room. It's gotta be. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of times, especially at the beginning, I was doing a lot of, uh, going on tape a lot with just uh, somebody on the phone. So it's, it, it's, it, I, I remember here, there's a great story about uh, my three sons, uh, the Fred McMurray show. This is definitely before your time. Yeah. <laughs> I was not into this. Uh, it was in the sixties, I think. And Fred McMurray was a big movie star. So he was playing the dad to three boys and they're living, um, man made uncle Charlie. And, um, he just didn't want to work more than like three days a year. And they shot all of his shows, all of his coverage for everything. They 22 episodes and then he'd leave. And the rest of the year they would shoot the rest. And he would be like, you know, a tennis ball or something like that. And I thought if, if he can do it, then I guess you just have to adjust. We have to adjust to these things. But it really makes you miss uh, working with people. That's what I said. Even it's great to be on any set, but particularly on a set where um, you have a live audience, which I don't even know if they're back to that. But more comedy now is done single camera anyway. So still you have a crew and you do have the interaction with people and feedback. So well, it's all over. Best of luck with all that. It's funny you mentioned, you know, you and your partner writing. I, I just always go back to season four and thinking about Jerry and George trying to write. 
<laughs> you know. I so identify with that. Right. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Hello. Yes, yes, yes. Let's go. Let's go to. Let's now take we're a- getting somewhere. Yeah, they're like now we're, Yeah, yeah. I believe yeah. me, that I identify. And my favorite thing too from that one is. Oh God, the, all of the pilot episodes the, the, when actually making the pilot too is another classic. But when he's, when they said, well, what's Elaine going to say? I don't know. What do women say? How do women think? <laughs> it's so funny. And it's funny. You mentioned that uh, Peter Melman thought the most comfortable person that he wrote for on the show was Elaine, believe it or not. Um, That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah but other right, like we've had some other Andy Robin and Cabot, those guys, preferred like they could just do George right so everyone kind of had their person that they could lean into and write for so it's it's so interesting um but these writers are so talented that obviously you were you knew that firsthand work well, yeah I mean, like I said you can be the funniest person in the world but if the script isn't good and it's not smart and it's not funny there's only so much you can do now that's where it all started with that show I mean those those four people and every guest that they had supporting that's the other thing each single guest star was just it was just seems like magical that they picked just the right person they brought so much to it but it was all on the page when they started yeah and yeah. listen you were part of that i mean oh. i mean the guest stars in our mind like make the show like the, the, i think the unselfishness of those four main characters to let you guys shine whether it's you uh liz sheridan uncle leo i mean it was just a sight to see. So, I mean, this has been a treat, Jessica. We cannot thank you enough. Thank uh, you so much. Thank you, guys. I'm so glad that, that you had me. And like I said, I'm serious. Anytime you you need a, a third hand here. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so give much. Us, give us one more laugh as we get out of here. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much, Thanks, Jessica. Jeff. So much fun. <laughs> Perfect. Have a great night. Thank you so much. Guys, it really was fun. And you know what? There's still so many episodes. Uh, 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 Close Talker with Judge Reinhold. Uh, Low Talker, Puffy Shirt. High Talker. High Talker. (laughs) We're going to talk with her. We're talking to Kelly Caulfield. We're so excited. So funny and so great on uh, Living Color. Yeah, yeah. that's what I, I mean. I, I was a big fan of that oh, show. Yeah. And I can't wait to talk to her. She'll be great. <laughs> I think she did two episodes as well, didn't she? Yes. Yeah. yeah man, you know your stuff. You're, you're, you might be the biggest fan we've ever talked to, I think. I, I really I do. As far as knowing I, I, the show, I, I mean, you definitely are the biggest fan we've talked to, I think. Uh, I, 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 I would take that as a badge of honor. And I am going to go now look for the original Frank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably something I did not know. So thank you guys.